just in, um, on your newsletter, if you've got it handy. Take a, take a good look at it. On the um, top right-hand corner, it says, To know Jesus, share his love, and lead others to him. And that, that's what Welcome Bay is built on. And part of that is in John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, which is on, on your newsletter, which I'll read for you now. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice of our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in, live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Saviour of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. And then it goes on. This is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. And the one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he loved us. Whoever claimed to love God yet hates a brother or a sister is a liar. For whoever does not love his brother or sister, whom they have seen cannot love God, whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God also loves his brother and his sister. Welcome Bay Community Church. To know Jesus, share his love, and lead others to him. I mean, that's what we're built on. That's, that's what we're about. <coughs> Have you ever felt that some days you'd like to hand in your Bible? So I've had enough. You know, we, I belong to this Christian club. Um, they give you a Bible. Um, we meet every Sunday and we have a bit of fun together. And I go out and love everybody and everybody loves me. And um, I'm leading others to be like me. But you have that week when you think, oh, I don't want to belong to the club anymore. I want to hand it back. No one that I've prayed for has come to know Jesus. No one that I've prayed for has got well. My work is turning to mustard. I could use another phrase, but mustard is quite hot. Things are just going awry. But once you become a follower of Christ, you don't get that option. You can walk away, but he never leaves you. 
You can turn your back on him, but he is never far away. So I think we've just got to suck it up and actually start reading this. When I read the roster and I found, or Alan Withy and I found that we were both on the roster, I said to Alan, what are you going to preach on? And he knew straight away, were you there when they crucified Jesus? And I thought, oh, that's good. And the only thing that come, came to me was apples. <laughs> I don't know why apples. You know, like, and he's probably thinking Garden of Eden. But it was a tree of knowledge, not an apple tree that Eve bit into. So that's not going to work. In the NIV, apples only features ten times. Most of those are in songs of songs. But in Psalm 17, 7, 9, show me the wonders of great love. You who save by your right hand, those who take refuge, refuge in you from their foes. Keep their, <coughs> excuse me, keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings from the wicked who are out to destroy me, from the mortal enemies who surround me. David knew what it was about. I want to talk to you about a guy called Miracle Mike McDonald. Now, Miracle and I played rugby together back in the 70s. He was in the twilight of his career, and I was only just a baby then, so I was just starting. Um, but we were playing senior rugby. And he was probably involved in one of the best tries that I've ever been involved in. Started on our goal line, ran all the way up the paddock, passing backwards and forwards. Miracle being a prop, he took the fat man's track straight down the middle of the, the park, took the last pass and scored under the bar. Afterwards, in the club rooms, over a few beers, Miracle used to get really philosophical about rugby players and his hands would start going and he'd almost start salivating as he explained. And he said, Logue, rugby players are like apples. I said, oh yeah, Mike, where's this going? He says, you've got the crisp, shiny, beautiful looking apple. No blemishes, rosy red. And when you bite into it, it's crisp and juicy and you eat all the way to the core and you just love it so much, you just eat the whole thing, pips and all. And your top rugby players are like that. They've got all the skills. They can pass, kick. And, but the thing about them that I like the most, Mike says, is they are team men. You know, when, when your back's against the wall, they're right there beside you, just standing and working and playing. They never leave you behind. Other players, they've got this nailed up old skin. Looks like it's been hit with hail, wind damage. But when you bite into it, it's firm, juicy, and you eat it all the way to the core. And that's your club man. He hasn't got the skills of the, the top players, but he's there 100%, right with you, backing you up all the time. And we've got some of those players in our club. Then there is the other players, the ones that shiny, crisp on the outside. They look gorgeous, but when you bite into them, there's no substance. They've got all the skills in the world, but when your back's against the wall, they are missing. If we apply the same off-apple philosophy to Christians, what do you think that looks like? 
Jesus is probably the shiniest Christmas apple there is in the Bible. When you bite into Jesus, he is 100% all the way through. He's just love. That passage that we read from John is all about Jesus. What Welcome Bay Community Church is about is knowing him and knowing that love. To me, Andrew and Rena have that apple. They don't run away from things. They've got your back. What other apples are in the Bible? I think Peter is the hail-damaged, wind-blowing, the skin doesn't look that bright. Jesus said to him, before the crows calls, you're going to deny me three times. Yet we read in John 21, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. The outer skin is not as crisp and as shiny as Jesus is. But Peter was who we built a church on. If you look at Paul, Paul to me is the guy who's got codlin moth. You know, he's got blemishes, a bit of rot. We can spray and train and change him a little bit. And he had an infusion of spray on the road to Damascus. He had an encounter with Jesus Christ, which opened his eyes, and the leaves fell off his eyes. He changed. He had a heart for God, but he was misled. But he had an apple that could be healed through spray or change or the word. What about Judas? You'd think Judas had one of those shiny apples because he spent time with Jesus. In Luke, we read that he was sent out in, in twos to preach, to heal. He had all the skills that God wanted from a man. But when things came about and we bit into Judas... He wasn't soft and mushy. He was actually rotten to the core. reason why I bring this up is I want you to think about your apple. How does it look? Are you shiny? Are you wind damaged? Have you been through a hailstorm? Have you got codlin moth and a bit of rot? Can we spray and fix you with, by reading the word and tapping into the word and spending time with Jesus? Can we clean up your apple? Jesus so loved us that he sent his only son. He died for us. We are bound by the Great Commission to make disciples. But the first disciple we have to make is ourselves. We are the one. If we go back to John, 1 John, it talks about love and love our neighbours. We can't have a fight with our brothers and sisters. We have to make that up. 
we spend so much time worrying about stuff that we can't control. You know, I'm always amazed that in the Garden of Eden, why would you put this tree of knowledge right in the middle of the garden and then tell Adam and Eve, don't eat from it? It's right there. It's like the psychology test with the kids. You know, they put them in a room, put a couple of biscuits on a, on a plate and say, don't eat them. And if you don't eat them, guess what? We'll give you lots more. We'll give you a whole packet. And God's done the same thing in the Garden of Eden. If you don't eat from that tree, but keep your eyes on me, I'll give you everything that you'll ever need. Sin for us is the same thing. It's right there in front of us every day. And the choice, depending on how your apple's looking, is what choice you'll make. When we walk and leave out of here, we will have a shiny Christian apple on. We will glow because we have been learnt so much. We will have worshipped, we will have sung, we will have raised our hands to the Lord. But when the pressure comes on, will we have that same enthusiasm? When we bite into you, will you be crisp and juicy to the core? Or will you be judgmental? Will you be sin sinful? Will you speak up for Christ? I'm preaching to me. You just happen to be standing or sitting here in front of me. But I'm preaching to me because in my walk from time to time, I walk on both sides with my friends and family. They know I'm a Christian, but do I always speak up? No. Do I always, unless I'm backed into a corner, I don't generally come out. I don't have steamroller faith. You've heard about that guy that was run over by a roller because he wouldn't denounce Christ. I would like to think if I'm put in that pre pressure point situation that I would have that. But I'm not sure. But I don't want to be. Andrew was put in that place in Vietnam when he was put in that jail cell. God helped him through it. But he could have denounced the Lord at that time. But he held true. I want you to think this morning. I just want you to open your eyes. I want you to make sure before you leave here you've recommitted your life to Christ. I want you to learn to love him and feel his presence. Unless we can do the thing to know Jesus in that top right hand corner, Unless we spend time with him and get to know him, the only way we can spend time is by reading the word, fellowshipping, and spending time in prayer and with people that know and love him. Unless we can do that one, we can't love the others. If we can't love the others, we can't lead other people to him. I'm right into revival. The churches in the world are dying. They're getting smaller. Amalgamation doesn't work. All it does is put all the pull in, into one building instead of overall. We've gone backwards. In other countries, we've gone forward. And the only change is, the only thing that's changed is we are not talking to one another about Christ or what he's doing in our lives. We're not sharing what we know. We don't have to come out and say, oh, Jesus is doing this in my life, Jesus is doing that in my life, and my life is so good. But we can share 
some of the things that he has helped and healed in us and the changes that he's made in us and by loving people. End times, I think end times started in Acts 2 when Peter said we will see visions and men and um, we'll see visions and we'll speak in tongues and we'll do all that. Nothing's changed in the world over the centuries since. We've had fires, we've had volcanoes, we've had all sorts of stuff going off. Our end time might be the day that we stand in front of our Lord. We can't afford to wait for the sign that we've read in a book somewhere that it's going to happen. Amen? If you haven't committed your life to Jesus, or if you want to recommit your life to Jesus, Let's say this prayer together. Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life. I believe you died for me and that your blood pays for my sins. I now turn from everything I know is wrong. Thank you for your gift of eternal life. By faith, I receive that gift. And I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. Amen. Let me finish with this quote from Everett Hale. I am only one, but still I am one. I cannot do everything, but still I can do something. And because I cannot do everything... I will not refuse to do the something that I can do. Too often we have opportunities to share the love of Christ and we walk past them. It's one thing to do your duty in church. It's another to do your duty out in the marketplace. 